You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Some of those stories. I'm going to we can just steal take the hat. Just hey guys, it's eight o'clock. Yay. Yay. Woo! Yay. You, know what time it is? you know what time it is? Time for Gus to dance on a table. Yay. Naked. Yay. Not in these boots. Hold on. Where's that? Is that page four? Lexicon of Sewers and Word Chefs to episode 82 of the Melting Podcast. Live at Balticon. Chef AF I'm your grill mistress, Erin Kazmark. And there's other people here. There's other people here. <laughs> why don't the other people say who they are and I'm why su- they agreed to do this? I'm sous chef T. Morris. Uh, excuse me. You have <laughs> not been a patron for over a year. Ah. Oh. So you're a skibby, just a kitchen skibby. Okay. You're skibby. <clears throat> you're t- you're just I'm dishwasher T. Morris. <laughs> no, we um, already have a dish boy, and that's Theo. Are you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody doesn't listen to Okay, I'm, I'm angry patron in the back. <laughs> Complaining that somebody's spitting his food, T. Morris. How about that? There we go. And next to him, why are the bitches shorter? I'm the lonely drinker that you have to kick out at the end of the night at the bar. Pip Valentine. And at the other end, I'm Spence. No further injection is needed. No further injection is needed, although. It's all T's fart. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all my fart? It's all, yeah, it's all his fart and fault. Shouldn't have had that second up on the beans. Sorry. Shenanigans, I say. We are happy to be back at Balticon Live. Well, yeah. No. yeah I know. But just, it's just it's, I love the live shows. So, those of you who are not familiar with the Melting Podcast, why are you here? Um, Thanks we, for being here. That's yeah, what thank you, you mean. Welcome in. Yeah, we do a variety of writing type things, everything from flash fiction to short fiction, based on prompts and not based on prompts, to word games, etc., etc. We're going to be starting off with a main ingredient story by somebody here in the audience. <gasps> it's that guy. It's that guy it's, right there. It's the bald it's him. one. It's him. It's, the, it's him. Wait. Wait. Number six. Okay, yeah, that ball. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a number. There you go. Number six. Keith Hughes has written this story. Keith Hughes, everybody. Keith Hughes. So we will be reading for you Double Trouble by oh. Keith Hughes. That seems familiar. Nice callback, baby. Nice callback. Okay, we're ready? We're ready. Okay. Russ's first bite was almost to his mouth when his cell phone rang. He scowled at his fork before dropping it with disgust on his plate. He loved his food, a fact his belly attested to. His rounded girth also made it abundantly clear he would not starve if he paused to answer his phone. Chloe, his wife, smirked at him as she raised a bite of her own dinner to her mouth, and he rose from the table with a sigh. Crossing the room to where his device charged, he grumbled to himself. Swipe across the screen, accepted the call. Caller ID indicated the number was associated with Beaumont Hospital. Hello. More irritation came through his tone than he had intended, and Russ felt immediately guilty. Is Russ Fenster available? Speaking. It took an effort of will to keep his exasperation at bay as he mournfully regarded Chloe's excellent fried chicken and, from scratch, mashed potatoes cooling on his plate. My name's Andy McTavish. I'm a nurse at Beaumont, and I have a new patient who's asking for you. A short list of possibilities went through his mind. 
Some of Chloe's family, or perhaps someone from the fire station where he worked. Who? A Chloe Marie Fenster. She says she's your wife. Listen, buddy, you're interrupting my dinner, and I'm not appreciating the joke. It's no joke. She told me you wouldn't believe me. My wife is sitting five feet from me. I'm texting you a picture. Please look at it. His phone barked. A recording of him, much loved Corgi, and the tone he used for incoming messages. He tapped the notification and a picture filled the screen. He stared at the photograph, only vaguely aware of Chloe's phone ringing. The image showed a woman lying in a hospital bed with one of those gowns on. She had short brunette hair clipped in a smart page boy style. Her cheeks were plump, not fat, and her lips displayed their natural pink hue. This woman would be the spitting image of Chloe if it weren't for the streaks of grey in her hair and the increased lines around her mouth and eyes. Of course, the black eye was a major difference, but Russ assumed that was a recent addition. He pressed the phone to his ear again. Andy, right? What's wrong with her? Why was she admitted? Chloe's most serious injury is a moderate concussion. She also has a few scrapes and bruises in addition to the black eye. She came in via the ER, and they're keeping her overnight for observation. Russ blew out a frustrated breath. Despite the evidence in the photo, Chloe was standing just a few feet away, wrapping up her own call, and her expression suggested she had an unusual tale to tell as well. The situation was insane. Sir, she gave me a message for you. Hunches, I love you bunches. (laughs) Hearing those words from the nurse rocked Russ. It was a silly phrase they said privately to each other and never in front of other people. How could this woman know of it? The only way he would find out the punchline of this ill-timed joke was to go to the hospital and see just what was going on. I'll, I'll be there as soon as I can. That'll be great, Andy responded. I'll let her know. He turned his full attention to his wife, who stood waiting to hear his tale. Have you been getting a hankering for a bar fight? (laughs) What? Chloe's eyebrows scampered up her forehead. Well, I'm assuming here, which is always dangerous, a woman is in Beaumont and is asking for me. She has a concussion and a black eye. (laughs) He handed her his cell phone with the image of Andy's patient. I hope you're not insinuating I look anywhere near as old as this woman. She must be nearing retirement age. Her scowl was a portent of danger. (laughs) Russ raised his hands defensively. He knew better than to trigger his wife's defensiveness when it came to her age. Hey, I'm not saying anything like that. This woman is clearly older than you. Chloe (laughs) harumphed, but let it pass. We need to go to the hospital and find out what the hell is going on. Chloe forgot her peak and grinned at him. Actually, we have two errands to run, so I'll drop you off. He gave her a questioning look. My call was from the Royal Oak Police Department. You're in jail. (laughs) (laughs) The voice of the nurse was the first thing Ross heard as the elevator doors opened. He stepped to the nurse's station, but no one was visible. Andy's voice came from a room only accessible from behind the counter. Anyone with sense knows Pizza Hut makes the best pie anywhere. 
Andy pontificated loudly in the easy cadence of an oft-repeated opinion. Whatever, cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) The weary voice of a woman led Russ to believe she'd heard this far too many times. Hello? Russ raised his voice, hoping to break in before the conversation resumed. A male appeared in the doorway, tall with a footballer player's frame and basset hound eyes that were friendly yet fatigued. (laughs) He had a goatee surrounded by shorter stubble, all showing liberal amounts of grey. He wore green scrubs, and in addition to typical typical accoutrements, such as an ID badge and stethoscope, he wore a pin that read, I heart Pizza Hut. (laughs) Can I help you? I'm Russ Fenster. You called me about Chloe Fenster. The nurse smiled. Hello, Mr. Fenster. She's in room 520, just down the hall to the right. As Russ strode down the hallway, it reflected the noises of several patients. Muted conversations, beeping monitors, and a low rumble from a distant television. When he reached the indicated room, he stopped at the doorway and peeked in. There were two beds, but only one was occupied. The lights were off, and the glow spilling in from the bathroom and hallway provided the only illumination. Russ approached the figure on the bed. His eyes led him to the same impossible conclusion as the picture he'd received earlier. This woman was Chloe, although an older version. What were today's light creases around her eyes and mouth had deepened to lines, and streaks of grey that his wife did not yet have lightened the patient's hair. The dark ring around her right eye was a marked difference, but the shiner would only be temporary. Chloe? She roused at the sound of his voice, her eyelids fluttering open. (laughs) Even with the minimal light, Chloe Winston raised her hand to her head, shielding her eyes. Oh, could you shut the hallway door? My head is splitting apart. Her voice provided the last bit of verification. Muddled as it was with pain and fatigue, she shared the same tone as his wife. Crossing the hallway door, he cut the light in half. He pulled the bathroom door partly closed as well, limiting the light pouring from that room. When he returned to the bedside, he could still see her well enough. She tentatively lowered her hand and looked him over. Wow, I'd forgotten how young we were in 2019. Russ frowned. Excuse me? Pardon my phrasing, but how do you even exist? We are you, Russ and Chloe, but from about 15 years in your future, I think. It's hard to be sure. Ross, Russ plopped down hard on a chair. Jeez, lady, maybe you hit your head harder than you think. What happened to you anyway? Chloe scrunched her eyes tightly closed, as if the conversation took a heavy toll. Her words came out as a soft hiss as she modulated her volume to limit her pain. We arrived behind a barbecue restaurant, right in the middle of a mugging. The criminals decided we were there to interfere and attack. I took a fist to the eye, which sent my head ricocheting off of a brick wall. That was the last I saw until an EMT shined a friggin' spotlight into my eye a few minutes later. The muggers had run off, and they arrested my husband on suspicion of working with them. And you think you're from the future? She glared at him impatiently, a look he was well acquainted with after 20 years of marriage. Do you deny I am Chloe Fenster? Don't I look and sound like her? You do, except for your age. Russ hesitated. Still, how can you be from the future? 
It's insane. How do I know this isn't some elaborate hoax? Chloe sighed and carefully levered herself to an upright position. A tiger her hospital gown pulled it off one shoulder, revealing most of her right breast. Russ rose, his, <laughs> Russ rose to his feet to protest, feeling like he was seeing something not meant for his eyes. But then he noticed the reddish blotch appeared <clears throat> to one side of her nipple. He had seen it before many times, in fact, on the naked body of his wife. It was a birthmark that only he and a few doctors had ever seen. Rising to his feet again, Russ examined the mark in the dim lighting, then looked into her eyes and nodded. He helped her get the gown back in place, and she relaxed on her pillow again gratefully. I know you've never been into science fiction, but something happened to us. We passed from one place to another, and with it, we left the normal flow of time behind. We've seen things you wouldn't believe, been to the far reaches of history and the distant peaks of future possibility. We've been on this ride for more than a decade. We cannot stay anywhere for long before we're taken somewhere else. Silence took hold as Russ processed Chloe's words. He wished he'd read more fiction as he felt woefully unprepared to even formulate an adequate response to such a situation. He realized he was staring off into space and turned his attention back to Chloe, only to discover she had fallen asleep. Taking advantage of the chair again, he mulled over the many questions her story prompted. How did they get caught up in this phenomenon? Why were they being taken on this protracted journey? How could we avoid doing the same? Some higher intelligence directing this? That last question gave him the greatest pause. While he was no stranger to the insides of a church, Russ would characterize himself as a lackadaisical disciple. Even given his lack of ecclesiastical ardor, this didn't sound like anything you would attribute to any god, Christian or otherwise. Aliens? (laughs) Wizards? His ruminations on extraterrestrials and sorcerers was interrupted by the arrival of his wife and his counterpart from the future. Russ rose from the chair even as his chin dropped in amazement. From the appearance of his older self, his hairline would abandon the dignified retreat of the last several years, away from his forehead, forehead for an outright stampede toward the back of his head. <laughs> like the injured Chloe, the last lines around his face had deepened and several creases in his forehead were now on prominent display. The biggest change was the beard, trimmed to stave off shagginess. His advanced age was further defined by the predominance of grey-white hairs along his jawline. Uh, <clears throat> hello. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, you're... Russ felt entirely stupid, uncertain how to have a conversation with himself. I guess we're both Russ. His older doppelganger grinned at his discomfort. Yes, indeed. Finally, came Chloe's weak voice from the bed. Hello, love. The bearded traveller crossed to the bed and leaned down to give his wife a tender kiss. Chloe moved to Russ's side and held his hand as they watched the older couple. Eventually, Russ's older copy turned back to them. This conversation is going to be hard enough without the name confusion. Why don't they call us by our middle names? Chloe, no, Marie, in the bed, nodded at the same time Russ's wife did. (laughs) All right, Malcolm. The older man winced. Let's go with Mal. 
<laughs> Russ grinned, amused that the intervening years had done nothing to temper his dislike of his paternal great-grandfather's name. Which one is this? <laughs> okay. Marie told me about your situation, but she fell asleep before she could finish. I'm sorry. It's so hard to keep my eyes open. Marie sounded like she could happily go back to sleep any second. Don't be. I had a concussion once myself in my 20s, and all I wanted to do was sleep for a year. Once she finished speaking, Chloe's face registered her amazement at speaking to another version of herself. It was an insanely <laughs> odd experience, as Russ had just found out. <clears throat> Marie gave her a weary smile, and Russ realized the injured woman would share the same memories of that injury. Chloe flushed with embarrassment, clearly having the same insight. Let me answer some of the obvious questions. Mal said. We don't know who is controlling our travel or exactly how it works. We've been in some locations for minutes and others for weeks. At some points, we are whisked away to somewhere and someone else without notice or choice. How many places have you visited? Chloe's curiosity about the phenomenon seemed to be tinged with excitement. She'd always loved adventure. Hundreds, most likely. Marie replied. This is our first opportunity to perhaps break the cycle. Mal continued. As far as we recall, this is the only time we've been in the neighborhood, both temporarily, tem both temporally and geographically speaking. That's why we reached out to you. Russ nodded. So now that we're forewarned, we can avoid the same fate. How did it start? Where were you? Maybe we could avoid it? Mal shared a frustrated glance with Marie before he answered. We can't tell you that. Unfortunately, something in this time-leaping process mucks with our memories. We can remember most of our lives before this began, but have no memory of the circumstances of our first trip. In fact, our minds are only able to recall details of our last four or five destinations. Do you know what year it happened? Chloe appeared more fascinated than frightened. This year, 2019. Marie held a hand to her head again. The last thing we remember from before is my birthday party, where my widowed father asked out Russ's, I mean, Mal's, mother. That was last week, Russ said. And I think they've had a couple of dates since then. Does that mean we avoided getting whisked off somewhere? Chloe looked from Marie to Mal for a response. I doubt it. Marie closed her eyes again with a moan. Mm. She's right. Mal said. Until now, everything you've been doing would be exactly what we did. The only possible change to your normal life would be our arrival. Russ's frustration at this impossible situation erupted. What can we do? How can we possibly avoid an otherworldly power sending us on a jaunt through time? Take a trip, Mal suggested. Get out of town for a few days, avoid any place where you would go together regularly. Chloe frowned. Would changing our routine for a short time make any difference? I have no idea. Mal shrugged. <laughs> but it's possible whether whatever grabbed us was key to a specific time and place. If you're not there, you miss the boat, so to speak. We can take some time off from work. Russ said. Maybe drive north and find a cabin to rent? Chloe smiled at him. That sounds nice. Just you, me, and a few deer wandering around. Mal had turned his attention to Marie, gently stroking her hair while holding her hand. Hang in there, love. She smiled at the soft murmur of his encouragement. Russ watched this vignette of affection 
and for an indiscernible reason felt a sense of anticipation. His fingers found Chloe's, and as they gazed on, the older pair faded from view. The sheet that had covered Marie's legs settled softly on the bed, the only movement caused by their departure. Holy cats, Russ said under his breath. Chloe squeezed his hand and he looked to see her eyes brimming with tears. She's going to be in a lot of pain for a while, she said. Mal will take care of her. Her gaze became sharp, as if to pop his idealistic bubble. Unless he ends up in jail again. Russ could only shrug. Without sharing the fate of their older selves, they would never know what their next destination had been. And if they found themselves on the same journey, their memories of this day would likely be excised. Come on, Russ said, tugging her toward the door. Let's get out of here before we have to explain to Andy where his patient went. (laughs) (laughs) They left the floor without incident, taking the elevator down to the lobby level. They didn't talk. Simply held hands and watched the numbers count down to one. Russ thought about Mal and Marie and sent up a silent prayer for their safety. When the doors slid aside, he stepped out, still distracted by his musings. His senses recorded a sudden barrage of unexpected stimuli. A spotlight shone in his eyes, dazzling bright and effectively blinding him. The area outside the elevator was suddenly much hotter than the rest of the hospital had been. The step he had been making out of the elevator landed and the surface under his shoe shifted unexpected. Chloe gasped next to him and she pulled her hand from his. Russ covered his eyes with one hand and looked towards his feet. At first, he could make out nothing but the darkness of his slacks, but as his eyes adjusted, he realized his shoes were partly covered in sand. He lowered his hand and looked behind him, but the elevator was gone, replaced by rolling dunes and a town in the distance. The blinding illumination was not caused by any kind of man-made illumination, but by the glowing orb of the sun. Chloe plucked at his shoulder and he turned from one impossibility to another. He froze. They stood at the feet of the Sphinx. Only instead of the time-ravaged face he'd seen in photographs, this figure appeared to have been recently carved. Each feature was distinct and the nose was still in place. Looking behind this figure, workers were scurrying up and down another construction that he realised was a partly completed pyramid. It's too late. Chloe said, and Russ nodded without moving his gaze from massive stone blocks being dragged up an incline. We're already on our way. Russ felt his wife grip his hand again, and he pulled his gaze from the impossible sight before him to regard his wife. She gave him a rueful grin and a squeeze of his hand. Well, at least we're together. Russ leaned down to give her a kiss, and she stroked his cheek with her free hand. Not exactly how we planned to spend our retirement years. He looked at her with concern. One particular brick wall notwithstanding, our older selves seem to have managed all right. I suspect we will too. Chloe turned away to regard the mint condition sphinx. And in the meantime, I suspect we'll see many wondrous things. Chloe's words warred against his fear and desperation. She had a point. This entire situation was entirely beyond their control. They might as well at least try to enjoy whatever this phenomenon takes them. When do you think you'll start growing that beard? She gave him an appraising look over her shoulder and he grinned back. Well, right now, I suppose. I think I forgot to pack my razor. 
Chloe laughed and pulled at his hand, and they walked through the sand together. Before the couple took their fifth step, they had vanished from beneath the placid gaze of the newly hewn sphinx to their next destination. You're officially a sap, Keith. A what? A sap. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely love it. Yes, yes. I can confirm that. Aww. Thank you again to Keith for that sappy story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next uh, segment on our little live episode is a fan favorite and definitely one of my favorites, the Mystery Meal. Yay. (laughs) Those of you who don't know how Mystery Meals work, these are bad lists. We take classic scenes from classic literature, destroy them with your help. Aaron is going to be prompting the crowd. Just shout out your answers. While you're doing that, I have the box of doom. It is full of new crap I'd like to give away. <laughs> so if you want something, I'm just going to randomly post it about. Raise your hand. I'm going to toss you some. Or possibly just take it to you because some of this is heavy. You got like a cannon to shoot it out of? No. <laughs> the t-shirts, the figurines, the stuff. So if you want something, raise your hand. All right. So I need a time of day. Midnight. Midnight. I need an adjective. Big. Big. <laughs> there will be more. I need a verb ending in ing. Sniffing. I was going to say be quiet, nobilis, but okay. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> Too late now. Too late. He gave me a good one. A type of furniture. I heard couch first. Credenza. I don't know what that is. It's like the word. Another verb ending in ing. Shielding. Shielding? A longi. It's a chaise longi. <laughs> Another adjective. Loquacious. Ooh, loquacious. A plural noun. Bees <laughs> here. <laughs> Person in room. Tea. <laughs> Great. Great. A noun. This will not end badly. Giraffe. Giraffe? <laughs> nope, not at all. A giraffe. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, God. A body part. Oh. Shin. Oh. Hang on. I've gotten one for this. Let's try to get somebody else. We need another one. Foot. <laughs> a foot. A foot. A place. Bathroom. Bathroom. This is going to be interesting. Adjective. Blue. Another body part. Sphincter. <laughs> Are you allowed to participate? It's there funny, so I'll allow it. In the body. <laughs> I know what the scene is, but I don't know what spot. No, is. you have no idea where I am. Exactly. Verb. Knit. That's a verb. Knit. I'm crocheting. Are you knitting a sphincter? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm crocheting a dice bag. Oh. Ooh. Okay, verb ending in ing. Frothing. Frothing. Ooh. Frothing ferrets. <laughs> Get away from the Fs. <laughs> Great, frothing ferrets. <laughs> An adverb. Swimmingly. <laughs> Noun. Bowling ball. Bowling ball. <laughs> 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 Heavy bell. 
Verb ending in ing. Spelunking. <laughs> it works great with your ears. Thanks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Noun. Earrings. A nonsense word. Flippery Jimmy. Flippery Jimmy. Okay, I was thinking that. It's a tight fit. Bird. That's because there's so much brain. Don't hang. Now that I'm in it, sure. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Verb ending in ing. You be quiet. Touring. 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 Cool. Body part. <laughs> That's. It's not dirty, but we all it think it is. It sounds like it is, but it's not. A kind of weather. Tornado. Tornado. Stormy weather. I, I, I like tornado. That's gonna work. I don't think you should be summoned. Another tornadoes. kind of furniture. Chaiselors. Davenport. A Davenport. 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 That's She's an editor. She does words. Yeah. <laughs> A length of time. Eon. Ooh. A celebrity. George Clooney. <laughs> 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 That's happened before. I'm already in there once. So yeah. All right. A verb ending in ed. Lubed. Lubed. Okay. Damn it, Nobilis. That was that wasn't I'm just gonna pin oh, it on Nobilis anyway. So it's it's almost done. Almost done. Adjective. Sparkly. No. no. Okay, a panelist said no. I need a different adjective. <laughs> no, you know, she said sparkly, and I was just sparkly. Her okay, voice. they're sparkly. That's nicer and an actual word. <laughs> Body part. Ankle. Ankle. Dad ankle. Mm, dad ankle. <laughs> a verb ending in ing. Hiking. Hiking. Alright, this has got to be a good one, guys. An exclamation. Huzzah! <laughs> Sounds. You have to read this. I know. <laughs> Our selection is one that actually has been requested a lot, and I've never talked Aaron into doing until now. I would only agree to do it live because it's one of my favorite pieces of literature. This is The Raven by Edgar uh, <laughs> I submitted because it's going to be fun to do it with you guys live. Really, guys? Okay, we don't have no green this time, but once upon a midnight dreary, <laughs> while I pondered, weak and weary, over a many quaint and curious volume of big lore. Is <laughs> that like Big Pharma? Uh. While I nodded, nearly smithing, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my couch. <laughs> Tis some visitor, I muttered, shielding at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, oh, distinctly I remember, it was in the loquacious December, <laughs> and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my ferrets, surcease of sorrow, <laughs> sorrow for the lost tea. <laughs> for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. <laughs> tea Lenore. Nameless here forevermore. <laughs> 
And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple giraffe <laughs> thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my foot, <laughs> I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance to my bathroom." <laughs> Some blue visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. <laughs> it's the blue me. Presently, presently, my sphincter is stronger. <laughs> now you see why I kept sphincter? Hesitating then no longer. <laughs> Sir. That's a hell of a good sphincter right there, man. <laughs> You should take that act on the road. <laughs> I've been clenching. <laughs> Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I knit. <laughs> I knit. But the fact is I was frothing, and so gently you came rapping, and so swimmingly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Bowling ball there and nothing more. <laughs> It's okay, dude. Let's go bowling. <laughs> Deep into that darkness spelunking. Long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal had ever dared to dream before. But the earring was unbroken. Thank God. <laughs> and the stillness gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word. <laughs> and an echo murmured back the word. Merely <laughs> this and nothing more. I see you recording this, Cliff. <laughs> back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me touring. Wow. Touring. <laughs> yeah, touring. Soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is and this mystery explore. Let my uvula be still a moment. <laughs> and this mystery and it's not explore. dirty. It is the dirty. tornado and nothing more. <laughs> That's all. It's fine. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Open here I flung the Davenport. <laughs> when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not in the least obeisance made, me, made he, not an eon stopped or stayed he, <laughs> but with mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of George Clooney, just above my chamber door. I can perched see that. Perched and lubes <laughs> and <nothing. laughs> So that's why your sphincter's stronger. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> then Let's this, not. Then this sparkly bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy ankle be shorn and shaven, thou, I said. Dad ankle. Dad ankle. Art sure no craven. Ghastly grim and ancient raven hiking from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Huzzah! 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 Oh, thank you, guys. That's, uh, that's, wow. That's spectacular adventure. <laughs> but it's getting Sphincterlicious. Sphincterlicious. Alright, we are we are we have twenty minutes left, so I think we've got time we've to kinda go to over a little stuff. bit of stuff. Um, we do want to say thank you again so much for being supporters, those of you who are patrons for being patrons. 
Again, our usual request, go on iTunes, give us 70 stars. Five All stars. 70 stars. Create as many accounts as you need to to give those 70. <laughs> um, every review helps. Same thing. Share us on social media. Go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the melting podcast. You can get fancy aprons, all that kind of crap. And it's I really, really shirt. cute artwork, guys. Yeah. The artwork is so cute. Yeah. I mean, come on, how cute are we? Yeah. Sorry, what How was that? What I? was that website again? Shop.spreadshirt.com slash the melting podcast. Ding, ding. Hold on. There, there you go. go. Thank you. Uh, you can also find us on patreon.com slash the melting podcast. Where for as little as a dollar an episode you can get amazing physical swag like that t-shirt Spence is wearing. Ooh, like, this, lovely. It's like this little button with that same artwork. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Another thing that you can get if you're one of the higher tier patrons is after a certain amount of time, you can become an official member of the podcast crew. With a title. With a title. Like, like you know, T tried to like use. Like T tried to, yeah. Tried to take one. Now, we do have our first patron who has achieved this, and she's sitting at the other end of the table from me. <gasps> Spence's one year as a high tier patron is like next week, but you know we're doing this early, so we'd like to pronounce, to pronounce her officially. The Saucier. Ah! Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> so a thousand million thank yous to Spencer. Oh, so many thank yous. Yeah. She's yeah. pretty saucy, all right. Yeah. Well, exactly. The saucy so, wench. That's going to be updated on the website the soon. Of <laughs> Don't get saucy <laughs> with me, Bernays. <laughs> I prefer hollandaise. First of all, do you want to ask, anybody have any questions? <clears throat> because, I mean, I, we totally have been bringing up this great thought process. You've got to yeah, have Yeah, so many. Yo. Yay, a question. What inspired you to start this? Um, the podcast was actually inspired by the trifecta episodes of the, um, oh my god, Drabble, huh. the Drabblecast. Oh, the Drabblecast. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so and a little bit from like old variety shows a, a where you get a little bit of something what, different. Because what inspired me was um, doing, they would do like, like I said, the trifecta episodes where they had a theme and they would have three authors write short flash fiction based on the same theme and you see how different they were. And I thought, why not make that largely what we do, have a prompt and have different people just write stories based on the same prompt and see what different people do with exactly the same one to two sentence idea. And that was the basis for our Stoke the Fire, but I was like, no, why stop there? Why not go ahead and just interview authors like they do on the Roundtable podcast and other podcasts, do word games, do <coughs> whatever, because there's so much more to writing than just a story. Mm-hmm. So that, it's just kept expanding. We keep on adding new segments, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. I enjoy having the variety. Um, we're, we have some more short order cooks coming down the pipeline. Yeah, the bad kitchen and food puns. I don't even remember how or when that started. It was just because I thought of the title, The Melting Podcast, and couldn't believe it hadn't been used yet. <laughs> and so it just it all turned into bad food puns. So naming like uh, the main a little seasoning for, for interviews, main ingredient for the long stories, stoke the fire like the fire under a pot that's cooking, um, have our short order cook. That's when you guys send us a story prompt and we have to on the spot while we're recording tell an up to five minute story. 
based on that prompt, and God, it's hard. Yeah, we got, we got <laughs> so, so actually, I have a question for uh, for Keith. Was this a prompt story, or was yes. this just a? It was. This so what was the prompt? Um, hang on, I actually pull. I don't know. Okay, was, well, 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 while you was, um, you received a phone call mm-hmm. from the hospital stating that your loved one, your significant other, is in the hospital. They're standing right next to you. Yeah. Got it. And normally that's for uh, our shorter, the, the prompts are for our shorter stories mm-hmm. to stoke the fire. But Keith just had to go the extra mile and write us a full main ingredient story. To be fair, I didn't oh, request this. Oh, no. Yeah. We, we, we wanted to do the story of someone who's going to be here. Well, I want, I want, I want to so. throw out, I want to throw out the, this, uh, the, the idea of the whole Don't main ingredient. Don't throw in- out your ideas. No, main <laughs> ingredient. Um, all that. Uh, I, I remember Pip actually did that during Erotic a la carte. She would have the main ingredient, so you'd say, was it science fiction, fantasy, or horror? And, and for those of you who, who don't know or are not aware, my wife is a dirty, dirty bird. And, uh, it's wonderful. She's a naughty, naughty Kiwi and should be spanked. And don't worry, she is. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> So anyway, um, so she would do... So she had, a, she had a podcast called Erotica a la carte. At least it's not porn, as my mother said. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you're not doing porn. Well, what are we having not for dessert tonight? Not that you found out yet, mother. Right. Um, so anyway, so, so in Erotica a la carte, what she would do is she would turn to the audience and say, okay, with the main ingredient, what is it? Is it science fiction? Is it fantasy? Is it horror? And then what was the, um, what was the secret ingredient? And then, of course, what was the, I, I think she had, what's the special spice? And the spice was usually some type of kink. And then based on those those based on the poll, she would then write the story. And sometimes she would turn it over to other people and let them write the stories. And she would also do silly puns because once upon a time I did a story for her and I couldn't whittle it down to any any smaller than the ten thousand words. So she says, "This is not an erotic a la carte, so much it's an amuse bouche." <laughs> and I went, "Amused mini bushes." Yes, quite a few bushes, as a matter of fact. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, um, it, it was and it was very much like your your your, your prompts. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's I think where there's a lot of fun, fun as an author. It's 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 a blast. I I, I can also say my first foray into horror was was uh, Pip. And that was man- called getting married to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that one that wasn't the horror, baby. That wasn't the horror. Uh, but it was you know, Pip said, "Do you want to try this?" I said, "Sure," and she was like, "It's horror," and I said, "All right." And man, did that become a debate about you can't you can't uh, combine erotica and horror? And I went, obviously, you haven't seen Hellblazer. No, not Hellblazer, Hellraiser, which is one of the sexiest and most terrifying movies I have ever seen. Uh, and and uh, do yourself a favor, watch. I'm scared, aroused. Uh, yeah, you're you're, you're 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 aroused, and you feel guilty because of what you're being aroused by. But watch, listen to Clive Barker talk about making that movie. He had no effing clue. He and he said, "Yeah, I went down to the library to get a book on on um, on how to direct a movie. It had been checked out, so he started directing it anyway." <laughs> That's how we all started podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, and that's, that's kids is how I met your podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, any other questions before we get to our last segment? Can I just say thank you guys very much for reading my story? That I really had cool. fun reading yeah. your story. It made it so easy for me, and it was just really nice. It was oh. fun to read. 
Okay, so one of our newer segments is the processed food segment. <laughs> These are where we take generally well-known monologues from TV, plays, movies, put them through multiple layers of Google Translate, <laughs> and then put them back into English. Yes. Now, normally what we do is we will read the original, and then we'll read the translated version, but we decided to make this into a game for you guys. Okay. I'm going to be reading you the translated version of a song. Of a song. <coughs> you think you know what it is? Raise your hand. I will stop. Guess the song right. First person to guess it right is going to get five dollars off at the chain nerd booth downstairs. Oh, making it interesting. Okay. Yes. <laughs> if you get it wrong, you're going to spend. Yeah. <laughs> From tea. <laughs> Which also costs five dollars. <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to cost you $5 for the spanking. 10 for me to stop. Ask you for a friend. The friend is me. You've got a friend. That's not the rules. Thank you, John. Thank you. Top. Very high. And the dreams you dream of as in sorrow. Top. Bluebirds are flying. And the dreams you dream of the church is really true. Jay. Somewhere over the rainbow? You get five bucks off. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. The rest of this. I'm still going to finish reading this. Yeah, got it. One day I want to love a star. <laughs> Where are the clouds? <laughs> what are the skin types like lemon limbs? <laughs> From the top of the fireplace, look, you will see me. <laughs> top. Bluebirds are flying. And the dreams you think, oh, why, oh, why can't I? I see fig trees in green. I'll find them for you and me. <laughs> and I think of myself, a strange world. Yeah, I see a blue sky and I find white ships. <laughs> and the light of the day. I like darkness. <laughs> and I am the world as an amazing world. Heavy warming of the temperature in the sky. <laughs> and on the faces of people going, I told my friends, my friends, how are you doing? <laughs> they say I really love you. <laughs> I hear children crying and seeing. Now we'll learn more about it. <laughs> and I am the world as an amazing world. World. <laughs> I want a star. Where are the clouds? <laughs> what are the skin types like lemons? From the top of the fireplace, look, you will see me. <laughs> a warm up. <laughs> Very high. And the dreams you think, because uh, why can't I? That was somewhere over the rainbow, translated from English to Italian, Kurdish, Turkish, and then back to English. Wow. <laughs> May I please read the next one? <laughs> we have, that's the only one, but I do have an alternate version of this done through Bing Translate. <laughs> That was translated from English to Klingon, Finnish, Samoan, Chinese, Cantonese, Finnish, and then back to English. Hand it over. Oh, on, the left. Left one. on the left. <laughs> oh, you can't read it, apparently. Rainbow time, great. When the garment is high, 
and dream, dream you, just one dream. Rainbow time, great. Bluebirds fly, and dream, dream you. I have to hit that because they were capitalized. No dream of her come true. One day I want a star, and he, remote, wake up to what is. I have news in the form of where it is to melt the globe as a lemon drop management. High smoke barrel is not bright top. I am of what you will find him. Rainbow time, great, bluebirds fly. And if you dare to trust your dream, oh why, why, I am right hand. Well, I see wood bastard roses. And blue, and you are to them. I am to night bloom. Nay, and what a wonderful world. I see heaven and earth green again, a white cloud and brightness day. Where are the clouds? Pie. Dark. And what a great world he is. Horrors rain, arch heaven and earth, but beautiful and people and lion face. My friend said, I see the shaking hand. How do you feel? I really love you, they said. I can hear his voice and the newborn child, and they will become strong. I'm blind. We leave nothing but fly, so they, and what a great one he is. No! I want a star one day. He remote, wake up to what is. I have news in the form of where it is to melt the globe as a lemon drop management. High smoke barrel is not bright top. I am of what you will find him. Well done somewhere in the end of the rain arch where the garment is high. And if you dare to trust your dream, why do you have a reason? <laughs> you guys are always Shakespearean. Wow. I feel like I can feel the cling on there. There's yeah. a lot and of cling the, on there. Dream. bastard. Dream. I see the bastard. Rainbow time great! Get blocked! Drink more blood wine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like Man, that's ridiculous. Thank you, Thank you for listening to the Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you could email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. <laughs>